Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is a podcast about getting over your hard times to live a happy and fulfilled life. And joining me today, we are lucky enough again to continue these Zoom interviews, getting outside of the borders of South Carolina. I'm joined by Katie DePaula out of Washington, D.C., an entrepreneur in her own right and training other women entrepreneurs to achieve greatness and find purpose. Katie, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, Ted. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited too. I'm really excited. And for the listeners right now who might not have been introduced to you yet, why not give them a a quick introduction into who you are, your business, and what it is you do? Totally. Yeah. So my name is Katie DePaula. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Inner Glow Circle. And we do courses and trainings and certifications for women entrepreneurs. So through that, I've helped thousands of women find their purpose, live it, and get paid, which is really our motto. And no offense to you or the guys that are listening, but our whole um, vision is that the future belongs to the female entrepreneur. Obviously, we need great men to help us get there along the way. So um, what's cool about us is that we've gone from being completely self-funded to being a million-dollar business and... That's a really great success story, and it's sexy, and people like that. Um, But our early years of business were filled with a lot of challenges. So I love what you do, and I love the topic of your podcast and your work. Yeah, thank you. And when we talk about no rain, no rainbows, it's easy for folks to admire the flowers and the finished product, but understand um, kind of the hard work in in terms of tending that garden, taking out the weeds and watering those seeds each and every single day. And as I was jumping into your bio and some of the things you've accomplished, there's a lot to unpack with your story. I I love the ending of Inner Glow Circle being a million dollar business. But again, that's the flower. Right. the, the roots and the seed, because I know you were, you were hit pretty hard with, with challenges, not just in business, but in your personal life when you first started the business. Yeah. So before I ever became a coach or even really knew that coaching would be a career path for me, I graduated from school. I went to Vanderbilt. So I was in the South too. I was in Nashville and then I moved right to New York city and I had a, a, a variety of jobs. I worked in PR. I worked in consulting. I was in fashion. I was jumping around trying to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. And I had a great education and, um, you know, I was, you know, very like intuitive and mature young woman, but I couldn't find anything that would really fit. So my first kind of crisis was this crisis of what am I meant to do with my life? This existential crisis of what's my purpose you know, it was less about who am I? I mean, that was part of it, but it was more about what's my place in the world. And I started to have this feeling that I was just going through the motions in my life. And I kept feeling like I'm not, this isn't my life. This can't be my life. I felt like I was living someone else's life. And that frustration really drove me. And there were times where the frustration like even manifested as 
depression and disconnection and really feeling like hopeless. And so I got to the point where I was really, you know, asking myself, is this all there is? Is this all life is meant to be? And and kind of like the the turning point for me was I was at my what ended up being my last job in New York. It was a sales job. Um and I was I was doing well. I was growing, I was learning, I was making money, but I just was really, really unfulfilled. And I didn't like my day to day. And I couldn't if I didn't like my days, I certainly didn't like my life. And that wasn't adding up to me. So I locked myself in the office bathroom one day, called my dad, who I have a great relationship with. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So I said, like, I'm so miserable. Is this normal? Like, is this how it's supposed to be? And, you know, he basically said, like, work is hard, but you should love what you do. You deserve that. And that's possible for you. And if you're not happy and you want to come home, you can work for the family business while you figure things out. And so from there, I made a series of decisions. I left New York quickly and started, you know, looking into a few different pathways for my life. But that was my very first of quite a few wake up calls. Yeah. And I think a lot of people could resonate with that because I think we spend a lot of our time going through school. I mean, for most of us, most of our life was through schooling where we had a curriculum. We were told what to do. We followed right. the procedures and we probably did great at it. And then here we, here we are, we graduate, we land in a job. Some are good paying jobs. Some might not be great paying jobs, but either way, we get to this point and when we finally achieve that job and we stop and look around, we're like, hold on. Like, you know, what now? Where, where do we go from here? Yeah. I think a lot of people can get discouraged there. I, I had to write down what you said. You, I felt like I was living someone else's life. Yeah. Um, I, I could relate to being in that position. And a lot of times I think the scariest thing is, is realizing that and then taking hold of your life and bringing it someplace else that you're not sure where it's going to go. Um, I know yeah. you, you, you've trained thousands of, of women on finding their purpose and here you are going through your journey. So I'd like to get your insight on what does that journey look like when someone realizes that their life is their own and they want to start taking it into their own hands? Yeah. I mean, people always ask me like, what's the first step? I think the first step is always just paying attention. And we talk a lot about like the breadcrumbs and looking for like the little clues along the way. And so, you know, for me, I loved health. I didn't know it at the time, but I had a chronic illness. I had Lyme disease that had actually become neurological. And when I would finally get diagnosed a few years after I left New York City, I would find out that I had brain damage, that there was damage to some of my major organs. And, you know, I, I didn't know that at the time when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life or what my passion was or what I was meant to be doing. But what I did know was that I loved health and that when I prioritized my health and I ate a certain way and I moved my body and um, worked on like my spiritual health and things like that, that I felt better. So that was like a big clue for me, right? Um, I also really loved beauty. Like I, I'm very girly and I, I like beauty products and beauty treatments. And um, that was a piece for me both inner beauty and outer beauty. And that led me to a next step. And then I just, I loved writing. I was always a writer. Um, I remember my grandfather who was a very successful entrepreneur telling me once, you know, you can't make any money from writing. Like authors don't make money. And I remember thinking like, "Mm, okay, well watch me. Like, and so I think 
now I've written a book, it's going to be published later this year, but I do think that some of that early programming was what, um, encouraged me to create a business first, like prioritize building a business, prioritize, you know, income and revenue and clients rather than my art form. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. In fact, it could be wrong, you know, or it could have been right. Like, but now I have both. And it was really important for me, um, to be able to be creative and to be able to be an artist and to be able to be a writer, but also be able to make a really good living. And I didn't want to have to choose. And there weren't a lot of examples in my life of what that could look like. So now I understand looking back, I think it's Steve Jobs who says we can only connect the dots by looking back, not by looking forward, but looking back, I can connect the dots and say, okay, I understand why I studied this in school. I understand why I did these jobs in New York. Like I see how all the pieces were fitting together, but in the moment I was very distressed and unclear. Um, and I think for all, like all of us who are trailblazers, who are paving a different way, whether that's because nobody in the world has ever done what you want to do, or nobody in your family has done what you want to do, or no one in your friends groups, your peer groups, like a lot of us who, um, follow this type of work, who love self-help, who like to hear inspirational stories. It's because we're looking for role models and examples. And I had a really, I had a really great upbringing in so many ways. Um, but I also didn't have the examples and the role models that I needed. And that is ultimately what drove me to become my own role model and become my own example And still to this day, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I was saying like, I get so frustrated still because I look around me at the examples of people who are business owners and authors and, you know, family, like have a family. And I just can't find a specific example of like, okay, that's what I want to do. You know, I can take this piece from this person and this piece from this person, but so much of my life is like piecing together. Okay. This is how I think it could work to be me at my full expression, doing what I love, right. And doing it my own way. And, um, gosh, it's such a challenge. It's such a challenge. I I think, the work of finding your purpose and getting paid to do it, find your purpose, get paid, find your purpose, get paid. That work is continual work. It's not like once I do it, it's done, right? I'm constantly um, getting clearer and clearer on what is my purpose and what really brings me joy and what lights me up. Yeah. And there's a question I want to ask in terms of the purpose, but I think when you talk about the constant work, it's, it's almost like falling in love with the journey because the destination's never coming, you know? That's so <laughs> important. So important. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that impatience of, you know, you know who you're working on. And I feel it all the time where I have these, these ambitious goals. I'm working on this and we want this to work, but at the time we still look at where we are compared to where we want to be. And that gap gets so frustrating. It gets so intimidating at times. And and sometimes it can get scary and intimidate us to, to kind of halt, but going back to the breadcrumbs now, and you talk about paying attention and, and finding that purpose and constantly working on it. Do you think 
through time, your purpose can shift and change? I absolutely do. Yeah. I, I definitely think that your purpose can and will and has to change. I think it's sort of like creating a mission or a vision statement for a company. And like we teach about this in that, um, you know, I think that a, a, a true mission or vision will essentially stay the same, but they may evolve, right? And so my purpose I think is going to stay the same. And what I've seen so far is it's going to stay the same, but it's going to continue to evolve. Meaning that like, if my purpose is to help people stay awake, help people wake up to their purpose, help you help people wake up from their anxiety, from their depression, from their challenges, from their rain and create the rainbow, like to use your words, but my, um, method. That's what I do. I teach people how to glow through what they're going through, which is like find the gold and not only find it, but like create it because so here's what happened for me. You you had had me telling my story and I started back a couple of years, but let me go fast forward a bit from that. So in 2014, I got diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease after losing feeling in half my body. So I got paralysis up the right side of my body, it started going into my face. And to be completely honest with you, I had done enough research and read enough stories about what I might have that I knew that facial paralysis could be permanent. And what eventually drove me to find an answer was the vanity of, I do not want to have facial paralysis. And so I was really, really, really afraid of facing the music. I knew after seeing over 30 doctors and being undiagnosed for nine years that something was wrong with me. Every doctor I went to told me that it was either my anxiety, my stress, I should work less, I should drink more water, like all these other things. But I knew that something was fundamentally wrong. I ended up getting diagnosed with Lyme disease. And I had had a few people over the years say, have you ever been tested for Lyme or have you ever heard about Lyme disease? But I was like, mm, I don't think it's that. And I had never been tested. But I, I, it was this two-part thing of like Lyme is very hard to diagnose. There's a lot of in, invisible illnesses that are very ha- hard to diagnose. That's a big challenge. There's a big market, a big group of people that really struggle with that, whether it's physical or mental health. Um, invisible illnesses are huge. And then the other part was I didn't want to no, I didn't want to really face the music because if I really found out and understood what I was dealing with, I then had to deal with it. Right. And I was terrified. And so it got so bad. I couldn't ignore it, which is often what happens, right? Like that's why people will say like, you know, God didn't show up or like the blessings didn't show up until I hit my knees. It's because you don't hit your knees until you're at your worst point. And so that's what happened for me. It got to the point where I was like facing maybe living in a wheelchair, maybe having permanent paralysis and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And so I, I finally contacted a Lyme specialist, got an appointment, got diagnosed, was told I had, um, you know, brain damage that could maybe be reversed. They weren't sure all this information that felt so defeating in the moment. And then, you know, I start going through Lyme treatment a year later, I lose my little brother to an accidental overdose. 
And then six months after that, I go through a really bad breakup that ends in court and restraining orders. I mean, it was crazy. So like when people come to me and I have a lot of privilege, a lot of privilege. And I talk about this very openly in my book. And I think it's important to acknowledge that being said, I also have had a lot of life challenges. And I, I, my goal is to be an example for people who feel like they have that vision of what they want to achieve in their life, but they're seeing what they don't have. And we all have things and we all don't have things. And, and for me, like I didn't have health. I didn't have my own mental health. I didn't have my own well-being. I had lost my brother. I was bedridden, right? So I had these challenges to work through. And what ended up happening, Ted, was I said to myself, and this is the whole premise of what, what you stand for, but I said to myself, like, I'm not going to live in this sadness and depression and in this like lack of possibility, like there has to be another way. But I also in that realized I had to be the one to create it. And that was where the breakthrough came for me. Like you create your rainbow, like nobody comes down and just like puts it on you. Like you have to show up for it. Yeah. And you have to show up every day. And I know it sounds intimidating, but it's, it's amazing when that decision is made uh, in terms of taking responsibility and making that decision to create your own rainbows. And just to think that all those challenges you were dealing with, um, that the Lyme disease, the loss of, of your little brother and, and going through that breakup, that's all through while business building your business, correct? Oh yeah. So, I mean, you know, like right as it was getting going. Yeah. That's the hard part too. Cause I mean, we've all heard the whole cliche when it rains, it pours and, and there is some truth to that. But at the same time, um, when it, when it's raining and it's pouring and I saw it was even included in your, in your bio, turning some of the greatest challenges into your, your greatest opportunities. It's sometimes when you're that down is, when the effort and the work it takes to get out of that hole is really the traits that stay with you, that makes you into that person that you've always wanted to be. Um, yeah. I've used that example with, for my story with ulcerative colitis, I was in the hospital for two weeks and um, getting morphine and I'm working on getting out of the hospital. And the result of me in there was stress, mental illness, not paying attention to my depression. And obviously I was on my knees at that point and that was a switch of positivity that has led to what No Rain, No Rainbows is today. So hearing you go through that story, I think resonates with so many of our listeners as they go through some of their, their challenges in life. What is it like when you're, you're going through all of, all of the rain, all the darkness, but you see your first glimmer of light? What was that first glimmer of, of a light or a rainbow for you as you're pushing through these challenges and trying to build your, build your business? That's a really, really, really good question. Like, that's just a really good question to ask people in general. Um, I think, I, I hope my answer doesn't disappoint you, but it's like there were none and there were so many. And what I mean by that is like, there wasn't anything big that was like, Katie, here's like the hope on the other side. I mean, I, when I say like, I had to take responsibility for my life, I had to take responsibility for my sickness. I got bit by a tick and like went to my dad and was like, dad, what is that? Like, 
I had like a mark on my leg. I can remember now, but we grew up where we grew up, people didn't know about Lyme disease. And my parents were like, it'll be fine in the morning. Like my parents were the parents that were like, you're not sick. Like go, go to school. Like go, you're dramatic. Right. And we had like that tough love upbringing and my parents are amazing, but they, they, they didn't have a ton of sympathy. (laughs) So, you know, we didn't not like every illness or woe wasn't a big deal in our family. And I think in a lot of ways, that made me strong. And I really had to dig for the meaning in everything I was going through. For me, it became a spiritual journey where I was like constantly like, please like show God universe, like whatever, show me like, why am I going through all of this? And in me asking why, 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 why I was being told like, create it create it, create your why, create your purpose. And I started to realize like my purpose is just to feel happy. Like my purpose is just to feel as much joy as I can. And then, then it's like, okay, well, what are the surrounding pieces that are going to get me there? What does my career have to look like? What do my relationships have to look like? You know, what is my like relationship with my body have to look like? What kind of exercise do I need to do? Right. And so I think that all we can ever really do is focus on ourselves and prioritize ourselves. And I do think that we have to put ourselves first. And that was really like, that was the biggest wake up call. And life is full of miracles. If you look for them, life is full of miracles. If you allow yourself to see them, we're in the middle of the coronavirus right now, right? There's a a pandemic happening in the world. And so I went hiking with my boyfriend the other day and like, oh my God, everything was so green. Like the trees and the, and the grass. And like, it was like a green that I haven't seen. Like it was like so green. And we were talking and I'm like, oh my God, this is because there's so much oxygen, so much more oxygen. Right. And so I talk in my book about, um, this idea of like the law of equal exchange that like for everything lost, something equal is gained and for everything gained something equal is lost. And the energy is always replacing itself. The way to keep growing positively is to be replacing negative losses with positive gains. Okay. This is my theory. So you. you like it. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we could sit and say like, we can look at, we have to be real, right? We can look at what's happening in our world right now and we can see the, the, the loss and there is so much loss and we can see the negative and there is so much negative and we can also, it's not either, or this is where like people like bypass certain issues or they like fail to acknowledge grief or pain or, um, inequality or whatever. It's like, you can't do that. That's dumb. Don't ignore that. But it's like, we also get to have this. So like for everything you're losing, what else are you gaining for every injustice you have to break through? Where can you see an advantage or where can you create an opportunity? And I just, I have to believe like, look, I was low to the point where I was praying. There was a period when I was sick, going through Lyme treatment, I went through three rounds of treatment. I'm now Lyme free. I do not have Lyme disease. That's like pretty much unheard of. But I went through three different rounds of treatment and, and over 30 doctors. I lost my brother. He was 20 years old to an overdose. I was struggling with my own mental health. And then, and then all of this hit. 
So I was at a point where I was, I was praying, not begging, but saying like, God, like this whole life thing doesn't seem like it's working out for me. If I'm not supposed to be here, just take me in my sleep. Like I was at this point where I was like, it just didn't make sense to me how much stuff I was going through. And I just, for every time I thought I was going to bounce back, it's like, okay, wait, now we're going to remove a family member. You know, like it just was so crazy. And um, I'll tell you this story because I think it's like funny and it also really illustrates my family. And I, I tell this story in more detail in my book, but one day I was going through my final Lyme treatment, the one that ended up curing me. And I was at my parents' house And I own my own house, my own condo, but I was like at their house because I was going through treatment and I was sick and needed them to take me back and forth. So I'm feeling like a high schooler again, you know? And I'm like laying in my bed doing whatever. And my dad's like sitting there uh, on the floor in my room, like playing on his iPad or something. And we were like bonding, but you know, hanging out. And he says, uh, I'm like, dad, I can't believe everything I've gone through with Lyme and with this breakup. I had been engaged um, he had involvement in my company. I had to spend $20,000 getting him out of my company. It was his whole thing, right? Restraining orders, messy. And then we lose my little brother. I said, dad, I can't believe everything I I've been through. This is so horrible. It's not fair. And he goes, Katie, I guess I can finally lift the spell now. And I was like, what? And he goes, I think I'm going to finally lift the spell now. And I was like, dad, what are you talking about? And he's like, look, to be honest, like you weren't that interesting. You're like this pretty white girl. You went to Vanderbilt. Like you're not that interesting. He's like, now you've gone through Lyme. You've lost your brother. You went through this, this horrible experience where you had to fight for ownership. Like now you've actually been through something. Now you can actually speak to people who have been through hard times. Who wants to hire you as your, as their life coach when you haven't been through anything? And, you know, we sort of have this kind of sarcastic relationship and I was like, okay, you're annoying, like stop. But it was, it was actually really interesting to hear him say that out loud. And, and I agree with him. And that's where like, just to bring it full circle, we get to decide that our life experiences are going to shape us and we get to be the example. Like you're an example for someone who hasn't seen an example like you that actually they can relate to. And I'm that example for some people, right? And that's why like this whole notion of like competition or there's too many podcasts. Why would you have a podcast? Like, or why would you have a coaching business? Or why would you put yourself online as a, as a personal brand? There's so many. It doesn't matter until we have way too many positive role models. There's no such thing as competition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the passion because I could just hear it coming out. And I love that story because it sounds like that's something my dad would say in terms of like, you know, <laughs> you didn't have much to talk about anyway, but right. it's all about perspective. The The way we view the things we've been through is how we move forward with that. Is it, is it baggage or is it ammo to take on the world? I love and, that. And that's all we have is we have our experiences and we have our reflection on it. And as we move forward and we talk to others, a friend of mine, speaking of the abundance of podcasts, a friend of mine has a podcast on, on that. He was mentioning how the person he was interviewed talked about the pain he went through wasn't for him. It was for all the other people that he gets to help. 
And when you think right. of it like that, I think as, as people, we like to help. We like to be needed. We, we love service. Um, that's why Christmas is the happiest time of the year. Not because of the gifts that are being received. It's because of the gifts that you get to give. So when you realize that the things we go through in life is actually a tool that we could help others with, we can impact others with, completely changes the narrative. It completely changes the woe is me. I went through A, B, and C into thankfully I went through this. So now I'm better equipped to handle what's coming up in the future. Now you've mentioned your book a couple of times. We're coming up on the end here a little bit. Uh, I know the name of that book is at least you look good. Yeah. Um, I guess let's talk about some of the rainbows you've been experiencing as of recently. I know the book's coming out soon. What are some other things you're working on now? Yeah. I mean, now I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I can actually thrive. I can actually grow. I can actually look at what's next. Like when you're no longer having to survive and fighting every day for your mental health or for your happiness or for your joy or for a relationship or for money, right? Like I still have challenges in everything that I do. Life would be so boring without the challenges. That's what makes life. But I don't have to struggle to get up out of bed every morning. I mean, some mornings, but like I'm a healthy person and I've worked to get here. Pain is a hard thing, but it doesn't have to just be a hard thing. You know, you can't let the bad stuff that happens to you take you out of the game. You have to fail forward, right? Like I talk a lot about this idea of glowing through what you're going through. And if you're a dude and that doesn't resonate with you, or if you're a, you know, what, whoever you are, if that doesn't resonate with you, like the idea is find the beauty, find the power. To me, I ended up getting to the point where, you know, as I was going everything through everything, I was like, show me how to use this. Show me how to use this for good. Guide me. Show me what my next step is. Like this can't just all be accidental. I started to realize that if there must be so much pain, there must be such a big purpose. Yeah. And so I think that wherever you are in your life, if you can apply that, like maybe you're going through a really terrible divorce. Maybe your life has changed so much because of the pandemic and you can't see a way out. Like surround yourself with positive people, surround yourself with positive um, experiences as much as you can. And sometimes that's not the people in your immediate circle. Sometimes it's podcast hosts that you, that amp you up and that like, it's almost like they're your only friend and they don't even know you're your friend. They're your friend. But there was a point where I was changing so much and the people around me weren't like up leveling for lack of a better word yet. And so I was listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and reading books and audiobooks of people who I admired. And that became like, what do they say? We're, we're, um, five people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That became my five people, right? So we're a, um, compilation of the, or an average of the five yeah. people that we spend our most time with. And I was realizing the people I was spending my most, the most, my, the majority of my time with weren't bringing me up. And so I started to spend my time in quotes with people who like weren't in my life life, but they were in my life because they had written books and podcasts and and so you get to surround yourself. You actually have control 
over your mindset. I took antidepressants for many years and I have nothing against them. They helped me and they saved my life or contributed to that in many ways. But I have found a way to do that work in my mind without medication. And that's not everyone's path. And for me, it was really important to have that, have medication for a period in my life. But the point is like, there are tools, whether it's medication or meditation, whether it's surrounding yourself with positive people or like just going all in with podcasts and audiobooks for people you admire. There is a way to drown out the noise and the drama and the not so helpful and, and kind of crowd it out with positivity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I tell all my friends, uh, I defend or I reject negativity like it's the plague. I avoid it. And it's funny how I know you, a lot of your stuff and your content might be focused more towards, towards women, but we're kind of resonating on the same levels, probably just using different words where with the five people, me and my friends talk about who's your starting five. You know, just like a game of basketball, who's your starting Love five? That. And you can have a sixth man because your five doesn't have to be concrete. You can substitute another one in. And you, but as long as your team continues to elevate and increase, keep your starting five getting better and better. So it's, it's really kind of talking about the same things as we continue to improve. I think for me, and, and it sounds like you're doing the same in terms of committing to a life of growth and abundance mm-hmm. where I don't know what my potential is and I don't know where I'm going, but click, I'm here for the ride. I'm on my right. way, you know, and for anybody that wants to come on the ride with me, Hey, let's go. There's a seat right here. Um, and Hey, hopefully I see you at the top until then. You know, we're going we're gonna to be riding this ride together. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. I posted today about the ups and downs and how, you know, don't let the bad days ruin the life that you're trying to build. I posted about bad days yesterday too. What? <laughs> there you go. And I think that's what it all is because like you said, most days I feel great and I'm loving it. And I look at the life that I have. I tell my fiance all the, all the time, our secret is we're already rich. We have what we need in life, but we're continuing to build. And then there's some days you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to do this or I got to do the things I don't want to do. You know, I have to say this, though, because it's really important. I, I, I feel like you're going to agree with me on this. It, it's so interesting when you start to really pay attention how much a small thing can change your mood. And I strive to just be more balanced, like more even keeled and happier always, right? Regardless. So like you get a bunch of money coming in and you're like, yo, I'm like the best. And then like a big bill comes and you're like, you know, F this, like, and it's like, oh my God. Or, you know, I, I do a lot of selling in my job. And so if I close something, I feel good. If I don't, I feel bad. And I started to realize everybody has a a version of this. I would encourage you to map out, like to track what are the things that you let yourself be impacted by, you know, and, and then don't like, don't let your day-to-day mood be impacted by what's in your bank account. Let it, let it drive you, let it inspire you, let it give you clarity. Don't ignore those things, but don't use that information to make it mean anything about you. Like you are who you are. I am who I am. Who we are is static. It exists regardless of what's happening in any given moment. But we have to have that like solidity of self. Yeah. I like that. I've never said that before. But like I, you have to have the solidity of self where you 
know who you are, you are who you are, and you show up to the game regardless. Absolutely. That's one of my mentors actually mentioned something similar to that. And he's like, Ted, when these things happen around you, assess who you are and how you want to show up in that moment. He, he started telling me, just be aware of how you want to show up in this right. moment. How do you want to show up in that moment? And the best part about it is you might not show up the way you want to show up, but going back to when you say pay attention to the breadcrumbs or whatnot, at mm-hmm. least you know how you reacted. And if you didn't like how you reacted, now you have the tools to change your reaction. Oh, gosh, totally. <laughs> I mean, we're so hot on ourselves. We can't do that. It's not fair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we can go down that rabbit. Oh, Katie, I feel like we, we have so much to talk about that we can't fit in the 30 minutes. So I definitely want to give our listeners an opportunity to reach out to you, connect with you, find out more about Inner Glow Circle and the coaching that you provide to all our lady listeners out there. Definitely holler at Katie. Uh, why don't you give them some of the, the, the tags and yeah. the platforms that they could reach you on? Yeah. So- our website is innerglowcircle.com. We have a really great resource for people who are looking to find their purpose and get clear on what they really want out of life. And that's at innerglowcircle.com slash purpose. It's an assessment to help you figure out what your purpose is and then give you some next steps. You can find me on Instagram, me personally at it's Katie DePaula. And you can find IGC, our company, at at, at, at inner glow circle. So we post a ton of inspirational memes and lots of good vibes to get you going throughout your week. I love that. And I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes too. So folks can easily kind of just click them. If they're listening on their iTunes or whatnot, you could just go ahead and click that through the show notes and get the link through. Katie, this was awesome. I'm so thankful that you took the time and uh, you were dropping bombs along the way. Yes. (laughs) I wrote a few of those down. I like to kind of recap things at the end of the episode for our listeners. Um, I like how when you first mentioned you felt like you were living someone else's life and the path of finding the purpose was about following the breadcrumbs and paying attention. And we're all looking for examples and role models. I think a lot of folks listening right now can resonate. I want to encourage anybody listening, if you have something to say, we have the tools to to broadcast to the world, whether it's Instagram, YouTube. You pick your platform. If you're more of a writer, Medium and Facebook is more long form. Um, I encourage anybody that's listening or watching to just start speaking their truth because someone in this world resonates with the way you articulate something. Um, glow through what you gr- you're going through. I love that. Um, my hashtag is always let's let's grow. And um, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, with everything, it's just hey, let's grow, let's grow. And um, I'll, I'll let my fiance know about the the glow through what you're going through because I think she'll love that too. And um, that there are so many miracles everywhere. We just need to look for them. I mean, a lot of us look at COVID-19 and this pandemic and the negativity that we're going through. Uh, Myself, I'm home more, but that's more time with my fiance, more time with my pup. And where there's a loss, there's a gain. And I, I do believe in all that balance of the universe. And finally, life would be so boring without challenges. That Mm. is so true. Katie, you dropped so much knowledge on this episode. I hope our listeners enjoyed it and I'm thankful for them making it to the end. And I'm thankful for you giving me the time. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for everything you do. Absolutely. And thank you as well to the listeners and the watchers. Thank you. And like we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's glow. 
The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know. You just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.